Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. This is Season 1, Episode 1 of the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, and I'm very excited today to welcome my guest, Naomi Langford-Archer from Gut Nutrition. Hi, Naomi. How are you doing today? Hi there, Darren. Yes, really well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and uh, very pleased that you can make the first episode of our uh, podcast. So for our listeners, the reason that I've uh, invited Naomi on today is that increasingly um, in the media and on the internet, uh, there's been more things um, being put out about gut nutrition. So rather than um, trying to kind of search it out for myself and trying to understand it, I thought what better than to get a a gut nutrition expert on the podcast who can go over um, what gut nutrition is and why we should be paying attention to it and, and what we can do in our daily lives. But before we do that, Naomi, can we um, just get a little bit of insight into you and how you've ended up as a gut nutritionist? Yes, um, of course. Um, So I trained in nutritional therapy. So three years training um, in nutritional therapy and we covered, you know, the whole body, lots of different, all the different systems within the body. Yeah. Um, I then decided to specialise in the gut, Okay. Um, as you will find out as we go along, because if your gut isn't in a good place and it's not as healthy as it can be, then the rest of the body can suffer. Right. Um, but also just through my own experience um, with helping myself, I struggled greatly with anxiety and depression when I was, well, throughout a lot of my life. Right. Um, and I tried lots of different therapies, counselling, Right. medications etc and yep. there's always a niggle there there was always something that you know would always come back the anxiety was always there or the depression would creep back in yeah um so it was only really until i sought um some help with nutritional therapy myself before doing the course that i actually managed to get over my anxiety and, and my depression wow okay and i did that mainly through my gut so that's kind of why, as well for myself, I decided to go on, continue with the, you know, the gut healing, yeah. the gut health path. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's, it's very fascinating, to be honest, hence the reason I asked you to come on, because I've recently heard people refer to the gut as our second brain. Um, and I think quite unconsciously as a, as a, I guess, as a human race or whatever, um, we've not really paid attention to it before unless there's something that's going wrong in the gut. But I certainly didn't realise that it, it kind of can affect everything else in our bodies. So for the benefits of our listeners then, uh, Naomi, why, why gut health? You know, you've obviously outlined the benefits that you've got from focusing on your gut health, but, what, you know, why gut health? Um, well, just to talk about it from the, the second brain, the mental aspect of it, um your gut and your brain are actually made from the same tissue okay so when the body's developing 
in the embryo when the, when it's um, actually developing into an infant, then the um, this tissue actually separates, and you start to develop the brain and the gut. But they're always connected, so they're connected via this what we call this vagus nerve, this big nerve. Um, so what is going on in the brain has a massive impact on what is going on in the gut and vice versa. Right. <clears throat> so that is how it can help with mental health issues as well. Yeah. So, sorry, what was that nerve you referred to there? Because that's I've never heard of that before. It's called the vagus nerve. Right. And it's like um, it's sort of the motorway between the gut and the brain. So right. okay. information is going either way all the time. Right. Okay. So that so the two are intertwined then in that case. They very much rely on each other. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean if you think about it, you know, if you're nervous about something maybe before an exam or before doing a presentation, you can get that sort of butterfly feeling in your tummy. Yeah. yeah. And that's becoming that's coming from the thoughts in your brain. Right. Okay. And vice versa, what's going on in our tummy, what's going on in our guts has an impact on what's going on in the brain. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's fascinating. Yeah. So obviously we, we you know, talked about a little bit about why gut health, but what is it about gut health and, and why it's important? Obviously you've mentioned there the nerve, but what actually goes on in, in our guts that's, that's, that's that important? Okay. Um, well, the gut is actually quite a big area. So it actually starts off at your mouth and then ends at your anus. So it goes all the way through the whole body. Yeah. So the gut is quite a big system. It's a huge, um, it's lots of different organs which interact with it as well. So it's very important because it's there to digest our food. It's there to absorb the nutrients that we eat. Mm -hmm. But it's also there to keep out anything bad entering the rest of the circulation, so the, the main circulation within the body, which is the bloodstream. Okay. So it's stopping anything nasty entering the sort of the insides of us, if we think about it like that. You know, our bloodstream's the inside and our gut's possibly the outside because it's in touch with the outside world. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, it's stopping anything nasty, us coming coming into anything nasty, such as like bacteria, toxins, pollutants, mm -hmm. all of these sorts of things. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one of its main jobs. Um, but it's also there to reduce inflammation within the body as well. So it's digesting the food, it's absorbing the food, it's only taking in, the body's only taking in what it wants to, what it needs to. Yeah. Um, so that then the body can function optimally. That's if, that's if the gut's working well, okay? So we mm -hmm. feed it the right things for it to be able to do that. So we come into problems if we're not feeding it with the right things, we're not looking after it, and then these sort of bouncers on our gut wall can't operate as they should be, and then things can enter the bloodstream, the main circulatory system, and cause, well, wreak havoc on the rest of the body, really. Yeah, yeah. And is that, does that, is that relating to this term that I've come across as well as around leaky gut? Is that, is that the thing that you're talking about when stuff, you know, comes from the guts and gets into our bloodstream? Absolutely, yeah. That, that would be leaky gut, yeah, in a nutshell. Okay. And, and am I right in thinking that a large majority of the population actually have a leaky gut and, and don't realise it? 
Um, I would think that's a fair point to say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because some of the some of the stuff that that I've been researching and looking up on there was this there was this statistic, and obviously I take a lot of statistics with a pinch of salt. But it was somewhere it was in the excess of like fifty percent um, of people have a leaky gut and they don't realise it. But when we when we talk about the term leaky gut, it kind of the kind of conjures up images that you kind of got a burst pipe in your stomach, if you like, and stuff is leaking out of it, and which is obviously not great. Um, but there are there are kind of things that we can do around that, isn't it, to kind of plug that leaky gut um, hole, if you like. Yeah, I mean, the small intestines, they're, so, they're very long and they're very thin. And the reason they're very long and very thin is because their main job is to absorb food. Okay. But because they're very thin, it means they're also very delicate. So the, right. the actual lining of the small intestine is only one cell thick. So it's very, very small. It's very thin. Yeah. And we can damage this quite easily. Okay. So, yes, we can build up the cell, but we can build the cell walls back up. We can build a lovely kind of squishy mucous membrane that surrounds the inside of our small intestine so it stops any sort of um, abrasion happening on the small intestine. But we have, to, we have to do that through looking after our gut. So we can obviously go on to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just to add on to your point of why so many people do suffer with a leaky gut and um, when we're seeing so many more people with a leaky gut and leading on from that autoimmune conditions as well, um, it's because of the modern-day lifestyle, really. Right. Through stress through processed foods and yeah. sugars, really, and just having an unhealthy diet yeah, um, yeah, can cause a leaky gut. It's as simple as that, really. Yeah, and it, it's quite incredible, really, once you start to, to understand. Obviously, you understand this at great depths, but once you start to understand the little things that you can change in your diet, which, which can make uh, um, quite a big impact. So, so obviously, you know, we've talked about what it is, but and we talked. To, I guess we talked a little bit about how it can affect me. But can we go into a little bit more depth on really how that, how a, I guess, poor gut health can really affect us in our day to day lives? I mean, you, you've obviously touched on the fact that you had, you know, depression and anxiety, and that's just one kind of element of it, and that's something that I didn't realise. But but how else, you know, in, in our daily, or I guess not necessarily our daily lives, but our, our existence can um having poor gut health affect us um gosh where to start (laughs) um so i think first of all is the immune system right so our immune system is there to protect us yeah um the majority of our immune system is actually located in the gut so the majority of our, our immune cells live in our gut okay um so we need to make sure the gut is healthy so that our immune cell, cells can function um, mm-hmm. as they should be. So yeah. immune support is absolutely key. So if your immune system's not working as it should be, it can maybe it maybe it's too weak and it's you're getting ill all the time, or maybe it's working on overdrive and yeah. you're developing an autoimmune condition. Right. So we want it very balanced. That's really important with the immune system. We want it balanced. Um. The other thing is uh, gut health 
reduces inflammation. Okay. A lot of um, diseases stem from inflammation within the body. So if we want to reduce inflammation, we have to go back to healing the gut so that we're not allowing anything nasty to enter the bloodstream because as soon as anything nasty enters the bloodstream, it creates this uh, inflammatory process. Right. Um, There's that. There's the mental health support as well. Yeah. Making sure that we've got uh, proper bowel movements. Mm -hmm. Um, And then looking at things like achy joints, um, so a foggy brain, headache, all of these things stem back to um, optimal gut health, really. Yeah, and the, the foggy brain the foggy brain is quite an interesting one as well because, I mean, I used to have this quite a few years ago mm. uh, and, until I started to understand and focus on my diet. And then, you know, it's almost like the – it sounds a bit, uh, a, bit, a bit, bit of a cliché, but – once you do get on top of it, it does feel like a cloud has been lifted and you don't wake up in the morning all groggy. You wake up with a much clearer head uh, and much more focus. Um, but, you know, you don't necessarily realise that until you actually do change your diet or, you know, the other the other massive thing is dehydration, right? There's a lot of us that are walking around dehydrated because we don't take on enough water. Absolutely, um, yeah. And that also has an impact on this this fogginess that you can get as well. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, so it's 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 quite comprehensive, really. Then, isn't it? In terms of, you know, what we're putting inside our bodies has a tremendous impact on you know, and we're not necessarily talking about um, any kind of fitness or any kind of weight loss. We're just talking about general 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 daily living, yeah. um, and and stuff that we're putting in our guts can can affect that. Um, so one of the, the, the points that you picked up on there was inflammation. And um, I understand that through different foods that we consume, that can add or detract from inflammation in the body. So can you just touch on a, on a little bit around, you know, I, I understand that, you know, plant-based foods versus, uh, sorry, plant-based proteins versus animal-based proteins can have an impact on inflammation. So can you touch on a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, with inflammation, <clears throat> it's um, it's about reducing the inflammation through what you're eating, really. Right. So there's inflammatory foods such as sugar, which we probably all know that sugar is yeah. good for us. Right. Sugar and processed foods are, I would say, the two main things to eliminate from your diet if you're trying to reduce inflammation. Uh-huh. Well, you should eliminate them anyway, really. Yeah. Um, what happens with sugar is that it actually feeds anything, any bad bacteria that are living in our gut. Okay. And bad, bad bacteria can produce inflammatory particles. Right. But also the sugar can have an impact on the gut wall. So it can, you know, it can cause irritation, inflammation on the gut wall itself. Oh, interesting. Um, it also feeds, I don't know if you've heard of the term candida, so it's a type of yeast. Uh, I haven't heard of that, no. So candida, um, yeast is always sort of um, at low levels within the gut, but we don't want it to become, you know, overpopulate the gut really. No. Candida, um, like I said, it feeds off sugar and it can create like gas and bloating and also endotoxins. So endotoxins are toxins produced within the body. 
okay. are these bacteria or candida. So what we're looking at doing is reducing any bad bacteria and candida. To do that, we have to stop feeding it. Right. So, and that will help with the, the reduction in inflammation. Okay. But what we can also do is feed the body with healthy foods to increase anti-inflammatory particles. Okay. So that basically means eating a range of different colored vegetables. Yeah. And getting lots of different fiber because the healthy bacteria that live in our guts, they produce anti-inflammatory particles and they produce this as a byproduct of feeding on the fiber that we eat. And this fiber comes from the different vegetables. Okay. Um, so increasing your vegetable intake and reducing your sugar intake would be my first step. Okay. I mean, that that's that's quite basic, right? So, mm. and that's the other interesting thing is, is the fact that whilst the science behind it is very complex, the actual kind of remedy and remediation to it is quite straightforward isn't it really yeah exactly it's just about cleaning up your diet really yeah yeah okay awesome okay so so what what if we you know obviously the the information that you shared now but if if we were to ignore our gut um and our diet you know what are the what are the ramifications of that because you know there are a lot of people that are walking around in society that are completely oblivious to 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 basically paying attention to their gut paying attention to their diet or just general general kind of um health you know they walk into a supermarket they pick whatever is on the shelf off and they go home and eat it and all the rest of it because they're assuming it's in a supermarket, you know, we're consumers, we're sold to, it must be okay, right? So we can just eat whatever we like. So what what would be the kind of ramifications or what kind of things have you seen in people that have that have just completely ignored their gut and their diet? Well, I would say that people don't actually realise how bad they feel until they feel good. Right, yeah, yeah. So quite often I'll see people with a certain symptom and – we will will address the symptom, get rid of the symptom. But as a byproduct of that, they also feel a lot better. And they're like, I didn't even realize I wasn't feeling good before. This is what feeling good actually feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Quite often, people don't actually know how, how good they could feel or how bad they are feeling until they feel good. Yeah. Um, gosh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, all sorts of things. It You know, skin allergies, um, different autoimmune conditions, brain fog, achy joints, arthritis. It really is a whole host of different things. So if your gut's not, if your gut's not in a good place, the symptoms are just can get endless. Yeah. They really are. I mean, one of the areas that I kind of, is is kind of a a bugbear of mine and that is um fast food and takeaways now that i'm not going to sit here and say that i'm a complete saint and i've never had all that kind of stuff you know i used to eat that stuff regularly i don't now just throughout of choice but you know one of the things that i see often on a friday night is you see all these cars queuing up in the kfc drive-through and the mcdonald's drive-through and all that kind of stuff so what kind of you know impact is eating that food having on us because for example if you take kfc for example people might eat there and say well it's, it's chicken you know I have, I have the boneless chicken and and it's fine but actually it's not you know there's a whole 
um, raft of things which means that it's not great for your diet isn't it like where it comes where it comes from and then how it gets cooked to where you eat it there's yeah. there's a whole kind of process that that goes through which is not great yeah yeah exactly i mean the protein itself isn't going to be of the best quality the actual chicken yeah. meat yeah. and like you say what it's actually cooked in so it's probably going to be cooked in some horrible vegetable oil yeah at a very high temperature you're right and vegetable oil um is hugely inflammatory to the body. Okay. So that alone is going to be devastating for the gut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but why is it? What is it about vegetable oil that makes it, you know, makes it bad? Because you know, there is a lot of talk now about good oils and good yeah. fats. You know, I have avocado oil and things like that. But, but why is vegetable oil that bad? Well, any sort of liquid at a room temperature, really, apart from avocado oil, um, when it's heated above a certain temperature, so when it's heated above 180 degrees, the molecular form of it changes. Okay. So, I mean, vegetable oil is bad regardless, but say let's look at olive oil. So olive oil, people think olive oil is a good, is a really good um, oil, it's a really good fat. And yes, it is when it's not cooked. Yeah. But as yep. soon as you cook it to a, at a high temperature, that molecular form changes and it turns into something that we call a trans fat. Okay. It's inflammatory for the body. But olive oil, when it's not cooked, is excellent for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when it comes to cooking with fats, it's really best to use a fat that are, that are solid at room temperature to cook with. Okay. So like coconut oil, butter, lard, yeah. goose fat, duck fat. All of these fats are excellent to cook with. Um, okay. Yeah. And, you know, just leave olive oil for dressings and dressing right. on things instead. Because that's interesting because, you know, when you use the term, the, the, the terms of lard, butter, <laughs> you know, history states that we should just stay away from these things. They're terrible. They're bad. You know, but that's not the case, is it? It's absolutely not the case. No. Good fats are good for you. The body needs fats. We're just feeding it with the wrong sorts of fats. Yeah, yeah. So every single cell membrane within the body is made of fats. But if that's containing unhealthy fats, yeah, what happens is when that cell gets triggered, it releases inflammatory particles. Right. So we're getting a bit detailed now, but yeah. um, going back to fats in the gut... Eating healthy fats are really important for your gut because they help to protect the gut lining. So they build up that barrier that we talked about at the beginning, that sort of, um, so it's stopping anything nasty entering the main circulation. Um, So, yeah, so so healthy fats are really important for a healthy gut and also really important for a healthy brain because about 60% of your brain is actually made of fat. Okay. You definitely want it to contain the fats that are going to be giving off anti-inflammatory molecules rather than fats giving off inflammatory molecules. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. yeah. I mean, like you say, we've gone slightly off on a tangent <laughs> there. And I could talk about this stuff for ages. So, But, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really fascinating. So we've talked about, you know, in summary, the, 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 the area – if we ignore our gut and we ignore our diet, the kind of ramifications are that they're quite profound. Um, and obviously we talked a little bit about, 
you know, specific foods like fast food takeaways and how that can impact us um, and obviously how they're produced and how they're, they, and what they're cooked in. We've talked obviously about the fat. So what action, so I'm sitting here today, I feel fine, but what action could I take today to improve my gut health? What are the kind of four or five things that you could maybe recommend that, that people do? Um, avoiding processed foods where possible. Yeah, yeah. So but when you when you mean when you say processed foods, do you mean stuff that is in a microwave packet that we, we stick in the microwave, or do we mean food that's just gone through a food processing plant, if you like? Um, it's basically anything anything that's made in a factory is processed. But we can't it's difficult to get away from that completely, obviously. Yeah. Um, but if you can just buy real food, so buy your fresh vegetables, buy your fresh meat, fish, nuts and seeds, you know, buy everything fresh and make things from scratch, that is the best way to go. Right. Obviously that's not always possible. So yes, absolutely, trying to avoid microwave meals, you know, even even like you know, processed sandwiches, things like that that you pick up in a garage, they're not going to have any nutrients, um, much nutritious value to them. Um, So just trying to avoid, yeah, trying to avoid just processed foods as much as possible. So, you know, not getting, eating crisps, not having super noodles, you know, microwave meals, pizzas, all of those sorts of things. And just trying to eat real food as much as possible. So food that looks like food. Okay. Um, I would just increase that if you can. Reducing sugar in your diet as much as possible as well. Okay. So obviously not having sugar in your tea and coffee, not having sugary snacks or going for more healthy snacks. So maybe some fruits and some nuts yep. instead of a chocolate bar. Just making okay. simple switches like that. Yeah. And then I would say definitely increasing the amount of fiber and vegetables you're having. So you right. Definitely kill two birds with one stone here. So, Vegetables contain a lot of fiber, so that so just by increasing your vegetables, you're increasing your vegetable, your nutrition, your nutrients, and your fiber. Um, and going for an array of different colored vegetables. Now, now this is a really this is really cool what you said, and it, and I think it's very very easy to remember. And, and um, we've spoken previously, but you you said to me about the rainbow, and I think this is really a really good way of making sure that you've got the right stuff on your plate. Yeah. So we've all heard of the five a day. Yeah. But try and make the five a day of different colours. Right. So if you, you know, if we're looking at the rainbow, we're thinking, okay, let's get some greens in there. So we've got broccoli or spinach or kale. Let's get some purples, blueberry, beetroot, red cabbage. Yeah. Reds, tomatoes, peppers, etc. Mm-hmm. Oranges, you've got your squash, your carrots, um, and yellow, bananas, sweet corn. So it's looking at all the different colours. And the reason why that's important is because for a healthy gut, we want to be feeding all the different types of healthy bacteria living in there. Right. And to feed all those different healthy types of bacteria, they all eat on different sorts of fibre. Mm-hmm. And all of these different coloured fruits and vegetables contain different fruits and fibre. So there's lots and lots of different fibre out there. Yeah. And each colour contains a different sort. 
So that's why it's important to have the different coloured fruits and vegetables. So then you're further um, uh, reproducing different healthy bacteria in the gut. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a great way of, of kind of just very quickly and simply looking at your plate and thinking, well, am I eating the right stuff? Yeah, well, I've got the, the full colours of the rainbow on my plate or I've got most of them. And yeah. yeah, then you can be assured that, you know, what's going on in your gut is, is you know, maybe 80% okay. Um, but it's a very long way in, in making sure that you're, you're having a good balance. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about, so we talked some simple things there about staying away from processed foods, um, being more aware of what you're what you're eating, where your food comes from, you know, snacking. And that's, I think snacking is a big one. Um, and garages are the worst for this because they just have an, a massive array of sugar and chocolate. And very rarely do you actually ever get anything in a garage that you can pick up that, that that's healthy. So maybe having something I just carry around with me, like a little pot of, of, of almonds and seeds that I can just snack on. And and one other thing, um, Naomi, is what about water? Water in our in our kind of diets and things like that. How does that impact the gut? Yeah, no, it's very important to take on enough water. Yeah. Um if you're not hydrated enough, then you can, you know, you can suffer with constipation. Yeah. And by constipation, that's really just defined as not going, not opening your bowels daily. So if you're not opening your bowels daily, then you need to think about increasing your fiber intake and increasing your hydration. Yeah. Um, again, with water, it's important really as well not to have it around the mealtime though. Okay. And that that's simply because we don't want to dilute stomach acid. Right, interesting, okay. So your stomach acid should be really acidic, but if you're having a drink of water before you eat or whilst you're eating or just after, you're going to be diluting that stomach acid and therefore you're not going to be able to digest your food as effectively. Right. And then you can end up with, you know, uh, bloating and just not taking in the right nutrients really. So Drinking, drinking, drinking enough, but just not having, just be mindful of not having too much around meal times. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very interesting. That's something that I didn't didn't realise, and yeah. uh, I generally have a bottle of water with me uh, when I eat. So um, yeah, that's something that I'll change today. Yeah, see how I get on with that. Naomi, before we before we wrap it up, because um, I'm just conscious of time, is there anything uh, that I didn't ask you which you would feel I should have? asked you and would benefit the listeners um i suppose we haven't spoken about the gut bacteria which is quite key yeah. with gut health yeah um so we've spoken about how to feed this gut bacteria through increasing the fiber through vegetables yeah. but if you've been on a course of antibiotics in the last say three years at all um and also you just want to you know help promote a healthy bacteria colony within the gut then i suggest incorporating more fermented foods and drinks into your diet so gut bacteria live in the large intestine and they are there to protect us to support our immune system etc and everything else that i've just i've mentioned earlier yeah um so by eating or drinking fermented foods or drinks which contain these healthy bacteria you can help to repopulate the gut back to good health okay so these would be things such as sauerkraut Mm-hmm. which is a fermented cabbage. Right. Kimchi, which is uh, fermented spicy cabbage and other vegetables. 
Yeah. Uh, kombucha, which is a fizzy fermented tea. Okay. And kefir, which is a fermented uh, fermented yogurt, really. And this right. can either be a dairy-free or a dairy option, depending on what we, we go for. So maybe have a look in the supermarkets or in your local health shop for these different foods or drinks and just try them. Try it, you know, yeah. see how you feel with them. They're not, they don't suit everybody, so they have got yeah. an acquired taste. But it gives them a go. Okay. And increase your fibre intake and your gut will thank you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's fantastic, Naomi. Thank you very much uh, for your time today. It's been very interesting. I hope the listeners also found it very interesting. And there's some very simple but effective advice that you've given that they can act upon today to kind of balance or just generally help their their overall health and, and their gut health. So how how can people connect with you, Naomi? Um, if you want to visit my website, then I'm offering a free half hour consultation. Okay. So just go to my website. It's www.gutnutrition.co.uk. And on the homepage there, just click on uh, free session. And I, I will get in touch with you either via Skype or phone call for a 30 minute consultation. That's brilliant. That's uh, yeah. So I highly recommend uh, any of the listeners listening that they, if they've got any queries about their gut health um, to contact Naomi. But please be mindful and respectful of her time um, and don't waste her time. But um, any information that she gives you, I'm sure will will help you. Um, and I'm actually going to do a gut health test, which is uh, taking a, a stool samples. Uh, and that's going to go away uh, to a lab. And then Naomi is going to analyze that and give me, obviously, some feedback and information on what's going on in my gut. And I'm going to ask Naomi to come back on another episode so we can go through that report and um, just let you guys know uh, what's going on with my gut and what I need to do to improve it. And then maybe you guys will feel compelled to do the same so one other thing is um i would highly recommend that you check out uh, naomi uh, gut nutrition on instagram she puts some fantastic posts up and infographics which are really short uh, but full of information and very very helpful so thanks once again naomi for being on the show today i highly um uh, appreciate it and uh, look forward to speaking to you on another episode thanks darren it's been great thank you for having me Take care. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com. Bye.